a musical adventure. New artists, new musicians, and everyone involved in the world of music. Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is J-Rod Concerts the Podcast with your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Let's find out what we have this episode. Well, 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 hello, J-Rod Concerts family. This is Jamie Rodriguez. How is everybody doing? Thank you for tuning in. Per usual, we appreciate your support wherever you're listening to us from. And we have a great guest for you guys today. One of the breakout artists of 2023, he had easily one of, if not the best album. Uh, it was, you know, ranked in all of the year-end's best-off lists, including Sawa's number one. We're talking about Steven Wilson Jr., ladies and gentlemen. And he released an album, Son of Dad, that sweet mother of cargo pants. What an album, guys. All of it. I mean, that is songwriting at its best. And um, yeah, Steven Wilson, great, 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 great guy. We've crossed paths with him before. It's way overdue that he was on the show. And um, he's from Southern Indiana. And he has a really interesting story. You know, basically his sound draws upon indie rock, grunge, and country, uh, influenced by artists as diverse as The National, Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, and Nirvana. And uh, he was raised um, by a great man, a great father, a single father, who taught him how to box, taught him about discipline, taught him a lot about empathy and treating others with respect. And uh, Stephen Wilson Jr. carries this legacy now with him in his songs after his father passed. He talks about it in this interview and in the music. And uh, just an insightful and incredible person and an even better, you know, uh, human being as well. The The album, you guys are going to love it. Um, you guys are going to enjoy the chat. And we are actually going to be with Steven on Midland's The Last Resort Cruise, which takes place April 1 through 5th. So that one includes, obviously, Midland, Orville Peck, um, Nikki Lane will be there, um, you know, Caitlin Butts. It's going to be a great time. Steven Wilson will be there, will be there, so... I'm glad we were able to have him on. We'll preview the boat. We'll talk about his father's legacy right now and a lot of great stuff. So we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Stephen Wilson Jr. is going to be on tour this year. So check out the date at stephenwilsonjrmusic.com. So without further ado, let's get on with it. J-Rock Concerts, the podcast with Stephen Wilson Jr. <laughs> if this will work now. Stephen Wilson Jr. Hey, Jamie, how's it going, man? Look at you. How you doing, Stephen? <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, we're all snowed in here, here in Tennessee, so. Yeah, we're going to sit Indian style like we're we're about to do yoga or something together. I love it. I love it, Stephen. And look at that compound. Long live the songwriter, Frida Kahlo in there. All oh, kinds, yeah. All kinds of good stuff, Stephen. But uh, so, so great to finally connect. Obviously, um, son of that out now, wherever records are sold and you can catch Steven on the road in 2024 and including Midlands, the last cruise, which we'll talk about in a bit. But Steven, let's start with, with the snow there because uh, we were talking about it. What is a snow week like this one in Nashville where we've for four days now, we've, everyone's been hunkered down. What is that like in the Steven Wilson creative HQ like? Uh, well, I mean, we don't really do much here in Tennessee. I, I got a Jeep Cherokee, like this old. Uh, like 2000 Jeep Cherokee, and I'd just drive it around in the snow and just watch all the 
just kind of watch everybody freak out. Um, I grew up, I grew up in Southern Indiana where there actually is a good amount of snow. So I'm, I'm quite familiar with driving on it and living in it and knowing how to exist within it. Um, but here it's a little bit different. Like the whole, like everybody just kind of shuts down and, uh, it's, it's a little bit scarier here, more apocalyptic to yeah people, uh, more so than where I came from. Um, but yeah, I, I quite enjoy it because it just kind of shuts everything down. It kind of, it's like a forced shutdown. Like whether you like it or not, like everybody just kind of like levels the playing field. Everybody, <laughs> um, you know, whether you're like rich or or poor, as long as you got heat in your home, like everybody's kind of like at the same level. Like nobody can really do anything. Like your Mercedes isn't going to save you. Does that make sense? Like and I, I, I love. I love that uh, mentality to the whole yeah. thing. That's so, that's so so true. And uh, you know, taking aside actually Teslas, I, I just read about. I don't know if you saw that Teslas are really like having a hard time in the winter because, um, yeah. you know, yeah, like just like major problems with their batteries with, with the temperatures. I don't know. Yeah, and my Jeep Cherokee that I paid like that's worth about twelve hundred dollars is running just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Stephen. Uh, by the way, you know, Stephen, like I said, son of dad. I mean, obviously, last year, what a meteorite of a record. I mean, rivering, rivering would be another another statement. I mean, were you surprised, Stephen, by just how much everyone loved it? I mean, we're talking about number one album of the year by Holler, Rolling Stone, Billboard. Everyone had it as a shining gem, which it is. But were you kind of caught off guard, really, by how universally beloved that album? Yeah, very much. Because um, really, you know, to me, I was just like, is I didn't even think anybody was gonna like it. Period. I, I did, you know, I don't. I have a, a very low self esteem. Um, so that really, the whole record when I put it out, because I'm kind of new to this artist stuff. I mainly just been a songwriter, more behind the scenes fella. And in the past, I started it out, you know, as kind of a beta test by putting out songs, and um, so I like really the whole process was. Uh, I was scared of it the whole time, <laughs> like every single, all the way to the album. And uh, once the album came out, yeah, I was, you know, very nervous. And because uh, it's a big part of my heart, I've just spent like four years making the record. And, um, you know, it's it's truly like a record. It's like a, I, I kept a record of my life and made a record of that, of that time period of uh, pretty much right when my dad died to, when the record came out was like kind of the record. It was like a, a chunk of time. And I, I wanted to do my best to kind of honor one, my father and his legacy, but honor that time period. Cause that time period was as such a, uh, as terrible as it was. And I guess still is, uh, losing my dad through it all. Like it was an incredibly, uh, honest, uh, moment with myself and, and I just really just wanted to capture that. I wanted to keep a, a record of of the truth to the moment, not so much like, oh, I got to, you know, make these songs or whatever. Like, um, so when people reacted to the record, I was I was very surprised because it's so it's so personal to me. Uh, it's like uh, to see the story connect with other people on a level that it has has been really surprising and and a real a real blessing to me because. 
I mean, the whole thing is like kind of built on a prayer and, you know, like a prayer is like a bird, you know, you just kind of let it fly and you got to hope, kind of hope it lands somewhere. And, um, so the album was a bit of a, a prayer and that prayer became a bird and that bird is like now out and, and, and it seems like it's, you know, it's kind of landing in places where people need it to. And that is, that's really what means the most to me rather than like, I, I really like am honored by any accolades that the record's getting. I never expected anything, anything at all like that. Like no, no critical anything. Um, but you know, to the biggest thing for me is to see how it's like transforming people's, um, lives and transforming people's perspectives on grief and loss and pain and just like the human experience that we're all going through and um and really that's what songs did for me in the beginning like what i got bit by like the song bug really young as a kid on a school bus by a song called don't take the girl by tim mcgraw it, like it made a mess out of me as like a 12 year old kid and really this whole record was an attempt to pay it forward uh, yeah. that that emotion that I felt and all the emotions I've felt from music since that moment like just try to pay that forward and um, it's been a, a real honor to see people react to it and it just kind of moving forward and not being in a stationary state and it's it's out of my hands now at this point like it's like once you put it out it's it's kind of you never know where it's going to go after that so I'm uh I'm, yeah, I'm just, I guess to answer your question, short story long, I'm really surprised by it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect any of this. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I think you are paying it forward. And, you know, the more we, we researched about your about your, your father, rest in peace, what a wonderful man he was. And I was, I was almost thinking like, man, like Stephen, like, you know, this opportunity to tour the world. I mean, in March, you're going to be in Germany, all over the place, 2024. It's almost like, like a vessel, right? Like that you are kind of transmitting the wonderful lessons of, of your father. It's almost like, like, like you're a conduit to kind of expand these teachings that, that you were taught with, that you were brought up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's almost like I'm wearing them like a backpack. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, um, when he died, like my, I died with him, like my identity that I was before him died with him. And, and like, but with that death, you know, my rebirth, uh, not to be kind of cheesy, but that's really what it was. And within that rebirth was a, a situation where, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it's more like two spirits in one. And I, uh, I carry his legacy. And, um, when, um, after he died, I played this festival in Deadwoods, Deadwood, South Dakota. And it was like the first thing I played after he died really and I just felt like you know ever since then he's been like a he was like a kid on my shoulders which is the weirdest way to think of your father as like a child but it's almost it's like his spirit is like kind of reverted to that kind of purity and and um and that and and, and that purity is something that I can carry because I can't carry him like he's too big he's his life he had his life he carried his life but I'm carrying everything he taught me and kind of the the spirit uh that he left behind too young he died at 59 and and I just feel like he 
he had a lot of unfinished business and this is his way of, of finishing that business. He's kind of doing it through me in a, in a weird way. So it's really a, a responsibility, an obligation of sorts, if, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely, Stephen. Really well said. By the way, you're you're always in shape, and like you know, you started boxing when you were young. Do you still box? By the way, is that something you still do? Yeah, I do. I I train as much as I can. Uh, I don't compete or anything anymore. It's it's a little too risky. Um, it's a really dangerous sport. Um, you can get really hurt even just training for a fight. Uh, most tra most boxers get hurt and injured training for their fight, sparring stuff like that. So, like, the competition level, I, I I I hung my gloves up there, but I still do a lot of training to keep in shape, and I, I'm pretty obsessed with the sport just in general. I think about it all the time, you know. Some people sit around and think about golf all day long, and I think about boxing all day long. It's literally all... On, honestly, that's... It, for the most part, it's what, it's what I want to be doing most of the time. But it's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing most of the time. I... Uh, but I, I, I love it so much and, um, it's just a huge part of my life. Yeah. I can't like, you know, as a quiet kid that didn't really talk and like, you know, the boxing ring was my first stage. I, I really wasn't meant to be a performer. I wasn't meant to be a, you know, kind of an extrovert or anything like that. Um, so the, the ring gave me like all the confidence that I needed. Like I felt like once. Like fighting in the Golden Globes, like doing all that, like it set up. Like my dad helped with that big time, and kind of like setting a, a bar so high that, like, it, when I went to go play for like my, my first, you know, five thousand, ten thousand seat room, where you normally get very nervous. Like, I revert back to those boxing, those matches, and like nothing really sure. compares to that. Like that bar is so high. Unless I'm, like, in, like, a combat situation or, like, I don't know, like, in war. Like, I don't really know anything else that could, like, really kind of give me, like, that is that level of a pressure cooker situation. Right. And um, so it really just, if anything, the the sport has been so tremendous for me because, like, really it's helped me look down on everything from it because, like, everything, like, it's really hard for anything to surpass it. Um. So it really, it makes like all the, the normal monsters and all the normal mountains much smaller. And it's been a real gift for me. Sure. Because so much of it is mental, right, Steven? It's all mental. It's why they call it shadow boxing, because yeah. you're essentially fighting yourself at the end. Like you're your, your worst enemy, you're your biggest opponent in it all. And that was something my dad taught me. And my dad had like a way bigger belief in me than I had in myself, um, so like he, he just him putting me into that sport, even though he, I don't think he really knew what to do with a weirdo like me. Um, like I got his name and I got his eyes and and a lot of his facial features, but like we were so different on a personality standpoint. Like I'm an academic, and like he worked on cars and beat up people, and I you know went to college and was a microbiologist, and the boxing was like our common denominator, and. It was, a, it was, it's a beautiful common denominator because there's, it, there's so much science within the sport and there's so much humanity and, um, perse perseverance and resilience required. And I find most fighters, uh, boxers are all 
fighters. Like they're literally fighting something. They're all usually fighting their way out of poverty or fighting their way out of an abusive situation. And there's so many stories in those rings. So, and, and the gyms, I love hanging out at boxing gyms just to talk to the fighters and get signing ID, stuff like that. So, wow, it's a beautiful sport and you know, it's, it's one-on-one. I, Team sports were tough for me as a kid because I hated not so much the losing and winning didn't bother me. Uh, it was the letting other people down that bothered me. I hated that. Um, so like when you're, when you're fighting, you're only really letting yourself down or you're maybe your corner, but it's really one-on-one and I, and I love that. Like if I lost, I lost not, and I, and I was good with that. That felt better to me. So. Makes sense. Makes sense, Stephen. Well, listen, you have a, a lot going on today. I'm sure you want to be with your family, but let, let's pivot to the Midland Cruise, which, you know, we, we, we'll be there covering. We're lucky to be there, and we're so thrilled that you're going to be there as well. April 1 through 5th, MidlandCruise.com. Uh, this is one of those gigs, Stephen, where, I mean, your whole family must be like, can we come, right? <laughs> Although, I, I lost your audio. I lost your audio there for a second. Sorry, that's right. There we go. Sorry about yeah, that. I can hear you. Yes, my uh, whole family does want to come to this, and a few of them are. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's going to be very exciting. It's actually my first it, cruise. It, I've never been on a cruise oh, ever. Okay. All right. Really? Okay, it's interesting. They say that uh, you know sometimes when it's windy, playing in those uh, you know in in the stage with the wind there, it can get a little. It can be a little challenging, even for a seasoned professional like yourself, Stuart. Well, I, I'm here for him. I've challenges <laughs> are uh, just part of the game. I've I've yet to play a show without once. <laughs> Bring him on it. Love it. And uh, Stephen, what other like do you have plans for like? Do you know still if you're going to collaborate with like other bands like Midland or Orville Beck or something? Or I'm sure you will, but do you know anything anything yet? Uh, I don't know anything as of yet, but uh, I bet we will. I have, I have a really strong feeling that there will be some some great collaboration within them or within myself. And I'm really just honored to be there that they're having this weirdo there on their cruise. And I, I just uh, I, I can't wait to to uh, just meet everybody and just get on a big old boat and play country music and and just kind of yeah. meet all the characters that it comes along with and know. Uh, so yeah, we're, exactly. we're we're gonna have a good time. I, I think there's gonna be a lot of spontaneity and a lot of a lot of just I don't know, good really good creative energy. I love those Midland boys. I haven't got to meet a lot of the other artists yet, but I've hung out with those Midland boys a lot and got to play a lot of shows with them. And they've become like a real uh, just a, a big part of, of my creative family here and a big part of my heart. And I just I just love them to death. And they're they're so much fun. They're like just so easy to hang out with and and just kind of they're just so comfortable in their own skin. So I'm yeah. a little bit awkward and weird and uh just don't know what to do with my hands most of the time. And I just <laughs> the, they just they always know what to do with their hands. So yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you there, Steven. I'm with you there for sure. Oh uh, man. Well well Steven, listen, you said it all. I will let you get back to uh, you know, father and husband and songwriter and boxing duties, but really appreciate you giving us some time on this snowy day, man. And we cannot wait to cross paths soon. All right. Thank you, Jamie, so much. I appreciate your time. Take care, Steven. We'll see Absolutely. you there on the boat. All right, my man. See you.
You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.